What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. And tonight I have my lovely wife on the show. We are in our new podcast studio in our home, and it's our first run through full run through of a podcast episode. I did a test with Scott, but first questions first, what do you think of the new setup? She's sitting here in these chairs that I got. Apparently they have heating and massagers <laughs> that she's testing out it's right now. pretty interesting to get a massage while I'm having a conversation, but it feels great for pregnancy. Um, what do I think of the space? I think I see the potential. I also see a lot of cords, but I know you have a plan for that. So I like that you showcase the process. I saw one of your videos recently where you're showing like behind the scenes of the setup. And I think it's, I agree. I think a lot of, a lot more people need to show the, the beginnings of the final product versus just the final product. So as much as it feels like we wish we could be in this room and it be perfectly set up and look, you know, spotless. Here we are sitting here with cords everywhere and we're going to look back on this and be like, remember that? That's how it all, that's how everything works. You got to start with scrappy beginnings. So I have faith in you. You'll get it. You'll get it set up. Yeah. The beautiful part about that is most people tend to only show the after and they see most but why people is should. that? Why? Because you care what people think, right? Yeah, I think people, I think for two reasons. A fear of not, of looking like you don't know what you're doing. I think that scares people. We all want to pretend like we have it all figured out. And then two, people think that when you're showcasing like what we have now, it's not valuable. Mm-hmm. Versus I view this to be the valuable point of a podcast studio. The valuable point isn't when it's done and looks phenomenal. The valuable mm-hmm. point for the people out there that are trying to do this for themselves is when you're showing like, look, we don't really know what we're doing. We're figuring it out as we go. And we're at we're ordering one thing at a time and going along the process. And then they get inspired to do the same thing. Right, exactly. I think... That applies to a lot of different things in life that people showcase the end product, but really there's a lot of value in the beginnings. It stems from when we're children. It's always working towards something and trying to really just show the result rather than the process. So a good example is you're taking exams. We don't show the studying, we just show the A, B, C, D, or if we fail, like I did a lot of in college, 
you show that. That's what we see. That's what we care about. And we're yeah. just taught to care about that one thing. But we're like, I think about like running and you want to show like your finish time at a race or whatever, but you don't show like all those workouts that you show up to where you really don't want to be there or, you know, you're not feeling great and you're showing up anyway. Or but, like same thing with pregnancy. Like people want to show the picture of the baby when it's born, but like don't want to show the process of like being miserable and pregnant. Yeah. Or, or fighting with their spouse or yeah. the little things that really make up life. The meat of life isn't the end result. Like we work so hard to get to these end results, but those are so few and far between. Yeah. The real meat Not of life, life. is yeah. the the middle ground. And here at Dive, one of the things we've always tried to do is is show that middle ground. And as we're ending this year, one of the things I think we've done really well this year is that middle ground. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is to talk a little bit about our year and how much it was organized chaos in a lot of ways. Hmm. Sell a house, move into an Airbnb, put stuff in storage, move into a new house, get pregnant. Have, <laughs> all of that <laughs> seems so far away to me. Like I've so I've forgotten about all that. Win rate. When you said it was organized win, chaos, I was like, what was organized chaos? I compete like- in High Rocks World Championships, do half marathons. Like there's so much that got packed into this year. True that we've we've really I feel like we've handled in stride and it's one of I, I think this room is a really big culmination factor of that where we now have this next opportunity to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I feel. I feel like the little things that we've been doing over the years, the organized chaos has allowed us to thrive in the ability to get things done, even when it's not perfect. Why do you call it organized chaos? Why would you call it that? I feel like we've been pretty articulate with our plans. I mean... Because it just feels like a big transition, like a lot of transitions at once. That's the chaotic part in your mind. I mean, to most people, do you do you feel like the average human being could handle the amount of different things that we do? I mean, I I think it's all relative, but if you're saying like. It's not relative. We are high achieving individuals. It is not relative. Well, I mean like how we've, how we've gone about making decisions really quickly and just dealing with the temporary in between. Like if we think about when we decided we were going to sell our house, that was like a quick decision we had to make basically in a day. Um, we had talked about other options, but it was a decision we made really quickly and then had to face the reality of selling it quickly and then being homeless. So how did we, how, how did we go about making that decision though? This is where the organization comes in. We didn't just go with our gut. What did we do? There were a lot of gut instincts that swayed our decision, but we definitely talked about our future goals and what decision would align best with where we wanted to be in the next five years. No, what did we physically do? I don't know. I hate these quizzes. (laughs) (laughs) 
We did a lot a, of things. It's not a quiz. What did we physically do to help us make a decision? What do we normally do? We created a spreadsheet. Okay, there you go. Boom. And what okay. do you do every day on your little iPad? What are you doing now that you have an iPad? I'm always planning things. <laughs> Is that yeah. what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. So physically, we map things yeah, out. Yeah, we, we mapped out and, the scenarios and, run and the pros and scenarios. cons of options. And we do that with a lot of options that we're weighing in our life. Um, but in that case, I this think is, the chaotic this is, part. This is where it, it, on these episodes, when I bring you on, I want you to get into the nitty gritty. Like the one more, the, yeah, you, you're just, so valuable. We don't think valuable. of the nitty gritty in, in the same way. Like the I, way that I've you forgotten go about, life. about the spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, but that's because you think the average person does what you do and they don't. I get to see it every day. You are next level. So dial things back into how you operate to help other people out there operate on that frequency. So we don't just, when we were like going to sell our house, it wasn't, we didn't just wake up and we we're just like, we sold our house. There was a lot of little things that went on there. So the market was really high, right? And we could see it. We see like you were on Zillow all the time. We were on Zillow all the time because we were looking at potential more investments. Mm -hmm. But then you're like, wow, like everything on the east side of Austin seems to be going up. We start thinking, hmm, we're already building a new home. What gives us the best scenario moving forward to achieve the things that we want out of the next five years? Then our neighbor ends up putting his house up for sale. So immediately I'm like, hmm, why is he putting his house up for sale? First thing I do, go talk to him. Next thing I do, call my realtor and ask if we can figure out what this guy's going to sell his house for. Right. So we didn't just willy-nilly. We gathered data and then ran scenarios but then the chaotic part is, okay, we have two weeks to get our house ready to sell. Yeah, and figure out where we're going to live. And then figure out not just where we're going to live for a week. We don't know when our house is going to be ready. Right. And we don't know when the mortgage what the mortgage rates are going to be. So we're trying to decide, do we sign on the dotted line to lock in a deal at a certain rate? So there's all these things getting thrown at us. And... We're trying to handle that. And that's what I mean by organized chaos. That's what this year, I mean, I feel like. And a lot the reason of the years, why I said it's all relative is because to me, like, yes, that was uncomfortable. That was an uncomfortable period of time to make those decisions quickly, to be in a temporary living situation, to kind of have all of our things in storage and have to be living in a way that felt temporary and unsettled. But in the grand scheme of things, like, there was so much to be grateful for with that situation that I don't even, I think that's where growth in my mind has really manifested. It's that like in the grand scheme of things, as I look back on that, like I don't even think about that as like a roadblock or a, a big challenge because we, we were ended up in a pretty cool temporary spot. We made the best of it. We continue to be able to set ourselves up to, to work the way we normally would. Um, it was a good distance for me to commute. And yeah, there were times where I was like, man, I just can't wait to like feel at home and at peace. But again, we're still in a city that we really like. We're close to our community and friends. And it just felt like part of a story, you know, it wasn't anything too crazy. So, well, yes, it was a little bit of organized chaos. I think 
we handled it well. And I always try to reflect on all the things that were good about that experience that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I, I didn't mean that it was bad or that I'm not grateful for the things I'm just saying. That's what we were operating on this year. Like our operating procedure was pretty much organized chaos this year. Like when yeah, we first moved into this saying, house, like, like when you said organized chaos in my mind, I didn't even think of it as organized chaos because I feel like that's just how we operate all the time. And I try to program my mind to like first think about all the things I'm grateful for so that I'm not stressed about the chaos. So for people that want to be high level achievers, is organized chaos just the yeah, status quo? To, well, I don't know if it's a status quo. I think it's how you frame what's chaos and what's just being adaptable. Like everything can be chaos if you want it to be. Um, and if you're constantly trying to grow and level up and develop yourself, I think you're going to find that it can be uncomfortable and chaotic at times when you're figuring things out and making decisions and not feeling like you know what's coming or what's next. But if that's the way you want to live your life, where you experience significant growth, that's the discomfort that you have to be okay with living in. So I think the more you get comfortable with that, the more it feels like normalcy. Would you agree? Yeah, but what is normalcy? Normalcy to me, and what I mean by that is you don't feel like you're in a transition because it feels familiar. But that's where that's counterintuitive to growth. But not if you're if, constantly if, practicing. If organized chaos is normalcy, then in my eyes, you're stunting growth. No, I, I disagree. Why? Because I think, well, what I'm trying to say is if you're constantly setting yourself up for growth and taking on new challenges, you get used to the feeling that in the beginning feels uncomfortable, but then you, you're, you've bought, your mind recognizes that discomfort. It's like, oh, that's a familiar feeling. I know how to get through this. That just means you thrive in organized chaos. It doesn't take objectively away the definition of what that is. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Like most people just want to show up to their job and then most people don't like change. Most people don't like change. I'm basing this also what done, I've seen. I think what we've done is gotten very comfortable with change. And like even just going back to the house situation, like if we had been attached to our house and this idea of living there for a certain defined period of time, it would be a lot harder. But I think what we've done in many scenarios in life is not having attachments to any outcome. So viewing every situation as this is best for right now. Here's what we vaguely want to do in the future. So not having an expectation for how long we're going to be in a certain place or do a certain thing or whatever and just be adaptable. And I think not having that attachment to objects or parts of our life has made this whole transition stuff a lot easier. And I think that's where you, when you talk about most people uh, I think the average person does want to just be comfortable and not deal with. Yeah. And I want to be clear, decisions. like that's okay. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm really speaking to the people that 
have the want to live this next level life and they see more for themselves, they just aren't sure of, of how. And for me, like, that's why you're the organized, you got to learn to thrive in organized chaos. Because if you're constantly pushing the needle, change is the only way. There is no other way. Like you're going to be, you're going to have to change your habits. You're going to have to change your nutrition. You're going to have to change how you work out, when you work out, who you're around, who you work with. It's going to be constantly molding to the next phase of whatever you're building. Mm -hmm. And like the studio, right? I have had, I had a really nice studio. <laughs> yeah, that's another good example. Like, right? And then that got taken away from me. Right. And then I had a middle ground studio is what I would call it, like a placeholder at Lenox and going, it's going to be a pretty, pretty much going on two years of not having a legitimate studio. And even this is taking a little bit longer than I've wanted, but being comfortable in that uncomfortable, where has that been taught to you? When you think back on, and I don't want I don't want you to go way back here. I want you to just go back, like maybe since we've been together. What have been some of the trials that you've either had to endure or put yourself through that have led to the ability to thrive and organize chaos? I think. Yeah, I don't. And when you said the word taught, I was gonna comment that I don't think it's something you can teach. I think it's something you have to experience, and you have to choose to put yourself in the experience and stick with it. Um, I, I think that we've experienced it moving, moving to new cities. Like when I first moved to Houston, and then when we moved to Austin, I think moving to a new city, a completely new place with all new people, is an example of where you could be slightly uncomfortable and have to force yourself to do things that are a little outside of what you would normally do day to day just to get settled and acquainted. Um, I think, you know, when we decided to move here, it was a lot around my decision to level up my career and leadership development. So taking a step back from working full time to go back to school and putting myself in situations that were new to me. Um, so coming from a technical engineering background to then diving into business school full time and putting myself in situations where I was working with startups and really leaning into more of a marketing side of a career, um, working with people that came from all different industries and backgrounds and then figuring out what I want, actually wanted to do with my career next. So I think all of that and really soul searching on what it means for me to be a leader, what my next steps of my career look like, how that fits with the rest of my life. All of those decisions, I think, are how I've experienced pieces of discomfort, but I like it. Because it forces you to ask yourself these difficult questions. What are those factors in the next couple years? So that was in the past of what has helped you mold into who you are right now to be able yeah. to embrace the change and be devoted to excelling in it. How do you keep 
moving that forward in the future? I think for me, I'm always going to be career driven. So it shifts now to how do I balance that out with being the best wife and mother that I can be? Um, motherhood is going to introduce a whole new element. I already feel it in my life being six months pregnant now, how it's kind of manifested and shifted a lot of my priorities and mindset around other core values that I have. And my work being one of those things that I prioritize, um, now the conversation in my mind is how do I stay fulfilled in what I do day to day while also knowing that I give everything I have to being the best mom and wife and friend and family member. Um, so just making sure I don't lose sight of that while I still try to, you know, achieve growth in, in different ways. I also think in, in terms of, like, athletics, that's another area of my life where I practice this idea of putting myself in difficult situations to feel that discomfort and get through it and come out on the other side stronger or faster or better because of it, and that applies. When you say best, if you were to going to be, let's put it in the four categories, the best mom, the best husband, the best athlete, and the best... I won't be a husband, I'll be a wife. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's been a long day. If you were to be the best wife, the best mother, the best athlete, and the best career-driven human, what is... What does the best entail in your eyes? I think, so I think that the, like, how I define success has changed a little bit over the years. And the way I like to measure, like, progress and happiness now is just how I'm feeling day to day. And my ability to like experience joy in what I do normally and, and just like in these small moments of life and not having to like look forward to some big event or thing or accomplishment and not necessarily having accomplishments on the radar. So like right now, I mean, I was just, you were commenting on my, me like spending time on my iPad and the other night I was planning out 2023 and like goals and goals are something that over the past couple of years, I've kind of shifted my thinking around, which is like having rigid goals or set goals is useful because it helps set a direction for how you live your life and the habits that you have. But at the same time, I think it limits the amount of presence that you can have in everyday moments and the ability to like say yes to new opportunities that might not be extremely in line with whatever goal it is that you're working towards. So I think for me, it's being careful about the decisions that I make, the goals that I set to make sure that they're allowing me to have the flexibility to be present with everything I'm, I'm doing, whether that's my work or my time spent with you and our future family um, or doing things that I actually really enjoy outside of those things. Um, so yeah, I think being the best is having a good handle on that and being in balance. 
I'm going to dig in a little bit. You were very vague. You always tell me I'm vague. Yeah, I'm trying to get you to not be as vague. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm vague, but okay. You, where you, we, answered, where, you, you answered what deeper? is the best by saying trying to handle everything with balance. Okay, that's a really shortened version of what I said. Yeah, but the cliff notes. That's <laughs> what we do here. I want, what does it look like to be the best mother, wife? I, I don't think I know the answer to that question yet. I mean, there's I'm three of those four you. categories you do know. And I would say you do know in the, the motherhood category. Here's an example. How many books have you started reading on, on your child already? A lot. Okay. So that's a factor in being reading? the best. So the way that you we make these podcasts valuable is by not being vague, is by actually giving valuable information. So the valuable information is, what are some of the books you're reading to be a better mother already? Okay. Well, in my mind, the way I wanted to answer that question, and- It's not about I, the question. I don't necessarily appreciate <laughs> you discounting the way I answered. I, I get if you're looking for a certain type of answer- but I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the question. I'm looking if we were in an academic. I just want to go back. If, and, if we were and in an academic point, setting, okay. If we were in an academic setting, and your teacher says, "What is?" I want you to define in one sentence the best of these four things. So then okay, it goes well, back to me. You didn't clarify the question to say how will you be the best in these four exact categories in different ways. So I was answering it broadly to say that for me, it's having awareness of when. I am oh, evaluating man, she's putting her hands up now. <laughs> the things that I'm striving to do and making sure I'm not too goal oriented that I lose sight of these small moments and things that matter to me and my day to day mental health and everything like that. Okay. So now if we need to get to the nitty gritty, so I'm not so vague about certain things, I don't know, I guess starting with being the best mom that I can be. I'm not thinking about the books that I'm reading because information, like you learn as you go. Like, yes, I'm reading books, but to try to have more of an understanding than I ever had before. Because what I'm realizing through this pregnancy is that before you actually get pregnant and decide that you're having a family, you're pretty much oblivious to all the things that happen in your body when the kid is born, when a baby exists in the world for the first few hours, days, weeks, months, years, you just live your life without really paying attention to those things. So now that I'm reading these books and I'm getting into all the details of all the things that I'm experiencing right now, that I'm going to experience, that we are going to experience, I'm realizing there's a lot I'm going to learn and there's a lot that I'm trying to absorb, but also not get too overwhelmed by like every little thing and just have faith that what are, what are some interesting facts in the world learned. and everyone kind of figures it out. Um, interesting things that I've learned. Just off the top of your head. I think the most interesting is just that I really was clueless on is just like the whole labor and delivery experience. And then like those first couple days with the newborn and how like their brain develops and how just it's really miraculous. And I, I, think, I just don't I think, think I've ever appreciated the fact that the, the most interesting we thing are that here on earth through that. I've process. learned 
is when we were at your work surprise shower and I don't I don't remember his recall his name, but they were talking about how when the baby first poops it's black and don't be scared. <laughs> okay, I don't remember them saying that, but yes, like there are gonna be things like that where if you aren't aware of like expectations like around that and how many times they poop and things, <laughs> you know. The talking about stuff and anything could be talk about questionable. Shit, talk about shit you don't think about. Exactly. Um, <laughs> literally um okay so that's that's motherhood but let's go into the other ones like when you when you think about being the best what do you think about like when you strive to because if you just like you were talking about if you set goals to give yourself some constraints then you're thinking in your head okay if i want to be a better human in these categories what are like yeah what are the okay. constraints so what maybe are you defining? maybe this is what you're asking because instead of writing goals like i want to do this marathon. My goals are more broad. Like I just want to be a healthy, recovered mother. Okay. So let's, but, but then I have to define like, yeah. so how am I going to know if I'm that right? I have yeah. to, to set some criteria on what does it look like to be the healthiest mom next yeah. year. And so for me, I'm breaking that down into categories like mental health, fitness, um, stress management, just it, those kind of categories and what actions I'm taking to make sure that I'm doing well in those categories. So like for fitness, I want to make sure I'm following a plan and I have structure and I'm, you know, not going too hard and I make time for movement because that's healthy for me, but not necessarily to the level that I was pre-pregnancy yet. You know, I think having a balanced approach to returning to where I was. And then for mental health, it's like, okay, what's my morning routine look like? It's probably not going to look like what it looks like now. So having that awareness and adapting and making sure I'm able to fit in certain things like reading and sitting there with you and having, you know, my vitamins and all that stuff and a healthy breakfast. But whether it happens at the same time every day, we know that's not going to happen. We know it's not going to be as organized and structured, but just knowing what those things are and what I need. And that way, like I can look back on my week and be like, how many times did I do those things? Okay, great. Like maybe they didn't happen every day. Maybe it didn't happen at ideal times, but at least I know that if I've done certain things, then I'm on track to being that healthy person. What it makes me think about is setting your expectations around your process and not setting your expectations around your outcomes. Yeah, I love that. I truly believe that, um, well, I don't even know if I would call it expectations, but setting criteria. like Well, self-expectations. Like It's okay to like expect a lot from yourself. I, I feel like in today's world, too many people don't expect a lot from themselves, and that's why we see a lot of the shit that's going on. I feel like having high expectations of, I want to have principles. I want to work hard. I want to give back to my community. It's okay to have the high expectations, but you can't be like, I'm going to work hard and expect this result to happen. It should be, I'm going to create a process where I enjoy working hard every day and I'm not necessarily concerned with the specific outcomes that I get based on that hard work or based on 
if I want to be a great mother, what's the process of being a great mother? And then I'm going to hold myself to the expectation of making sure that this is the right process for me. But if I wake up one day and I sleep in, like, who cares? Like, that's what I'm saying. Right. This is like, that's not going to affect the yeah, long-term outcome. being flexible. Yeah. yeah. So what's it like being six months pregnant? Like, we, we talked about this before where you've never really envisioned this. Yeah. And I mean, speaking from the male perspective, I don't have the changes of my body, which that takes away a whole different feeling. But even for myself, I never knew what it would feel like to be in this moment having a wife that's six months pregnant. And where I'm thinking, I, I got to adapt my schedule and what I'm doing and who I'm trying to become for us. So for you, there's multiple added levels to it. Yeah. Lately, I mean, how am I feeling? I think especially recently when you got those blood results back, it's made me reflect a lot on what you just said about how I didn't envision this. And part of me not envisioning this was because, to be completely honest, there was a period of time in my life where I did not think I would be able to carry a child or have a family one day because of my own health and then getting married to you and then seeing what you were dealing with health struggles, which was even worse than mine at the time because I was on the road to recovery. I, I really was like, hmm, this could be our future. And so to be here now, six months pregnant, I feel lately it's been this, yes, it's uncomfortable in some ways that I'm growing and whatnot, but I think um, in my mind, it's just been a lot of like, reflection and just appreciation and gratitude to be here and be at this point where I am going to welcome a child in. And that's because we've done a lot of work on our health. And I think there are going to be times that aren't easy. And like, yes, I think this is the first time through the whole pregnancy where I've experienced sickness and a little bit more difficulty slowing down and, and a reminder that I need to slow down and a little bit of pain at times in terms of like stretching ligaments. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of what things, like it? this what is, is that temporary. That's called a bunch of things, but I think what I'm experiencing is called round ligament pain. And it's the just the stretching happening that causes some stiffness and pain in areas that are uncomfortable. But that's, you know, I, I think out of all the things, like the fact that this is even happening is amazing. And those are very minor. So, Yeah, I'm just extremely grateful. And I think for me, some of the coolest I think experiences have been the simplest. Yeah. Like just sitting on the couch and feeling the baby kick. Yeah. Talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I look more forward to that. It's such an interesting thing because I get so fired up. I'm so passionate about what I do every day. And I just want to be at home, which is weird for me. That's not, that's not who I am. And I just want to be at home and be around your belly. Maybe it is who you are. You know what I mean. It is who you are. It's just, I know, I feel the same way. Like, slowing down is not in my DNA either. 
but like that's the urge that I have is to just like rest and be okay with it and mentally and physically there's kind of a battle there but yeah I mean yeah, we could, we could talk a little it. bit about that is is you got to shed who you were to become who you're meant to be and yeah, we both do I don't think either of us I mean we we to be extremely candid none of us thought we didn't think we would be pregnant yet and you don't ask yourself the hard questions around that of who you need to become until it actually happens and then you shift into this for me I'm a socialite I'm I, I love people I love community and, and really realizing wow my community is going to get a little bit smaller um, for a little bit because my main focus transitions into being selfless for my wife and my child and what does that look like and it's interesting because your brain you, you realize how powerful your body is and like your hormones are because I feel like that's one of the factors that's like I mean I'm being way more protective than I was even like questioning like where you go and what like and that's not yeah, you're like, you shouldn't drive today. Like, uh. <laughs> I, I just like, it's it's minimizing the risk factors yeah. because I care so much, but it's also ingrained in me. It's like a weird thing. I don't know if anybody else, if you're listening to this and you're a man and you have a child, if you experience this at all, but I feel like if we back, go back to the tribal days and like I have my, you're my gold, you're everything. And I want to protect that. And 3,000 years ago, it looked, protection looked a little bit different today, but I feel like today is just like, hey, like, let's just stay home and stay in the warmth and yeah. enjoy this time and, and cook a good meal and podcast at nine o'clock at night like we are right now. Yeah, vacation day tomorrow. So we do on nights before vacation days. <laughs> Is this? I don't. I don't even think this is the latest we've done this. I enjoy it a lot. I don't know. I like it too. I'll be more excited when this is a cooler setup, but it's good for now. We're getting there. We're I got the there. massager going on my back. Yeah. How's that feel so far? It's a little interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's like top notch. I feel like it's more of like it. It keeps you. I wouldn't recommend it for your guests, but for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you've kept it on, like you're pretty particular with this kind of stuff. So if you kept it on, it's at least good enough. It shuts off every like 10 minutes. That's a good thing. But, I mean, I don't want this thing on all day, right? So funny thing about this chair, um, we got them, I got them for like $500 off a of pop or something. There was some like going out of business sale or something. Um, and I got a two for one. Essentially, these type of chairs, I didn't know this, but like they're all like $500 or more. Yeah, Why a swivel chair? I don't yeah. know. Mm. So I was like, I'm not spending five a thousand dollars on chairs. So I, <laughs> I pretty much got two chairs for like four hundred and seventy five dollars. They show up. They are they're like a weird green, weird green, and they're swivel. They they work for what we're doing, and they apparently can be heated up and they <laughs> give you a little massage. But the all funny, I need is like a pedicure right now. Then I'll be good. <laughs> you can put your foot up here. The um. Funny thing about it is, I'm like, yeah, the, when you first take them out of the packaging, you're like, these are pretty decent. And 
I sit in the one that I'm sitting in and like lean back just a little bit and it cracks. <laughs> and me and Scott are like, God damn it. Like, what is this? So apparently in the slider, if you're in a swivel chair, they put a plate on the bottom and the screws came out of the plate in like three areas. So I had to like take the the swivel part off the plate and re-put the plate onto the foundation of the chair. So let's just hope that doesn't happen again because I don't want that to happen to one of my guests while we're live here, but this is why we do these testing. We're going to see what that looks like. Got any questions for me? You tend to usually have some. Yeah, I mean, you asked me how it's been. I guess, how are you adapting? And I'm kind of interested in hearing a little bit more. We've talked about this personally, but um, speaking of like, fertility and, and the ability to have children, I think what people don't always realize is that the male, you know, contributes to that equation just as much. And I think it would be helpful for you to share a little bit about what you did to get your health to the state it's in today. Because I think even though we weren't planning exactly to be pregnant as soon as we were, um, we were gearing up for that. And so I think both of us were being a little extra cautious about certain things in terms of our health. So what did you do? I think it's a great question. And I saw something posted today that I think a lot of people don't think about, especially when they're going to conceive a child, is the man can cause some of the issues in the woman right. for issues with the baby. We forget that this is to a two-person thing because the, the male's job's fairly easy apparently over the years until recently where men are the sperm count is dramatically being reduced and testosterone is plummeting because of a lot of different factors and i don't only view it as like a problem with conception i i view it as your genetic code is literally being procreated into something else into a little you. And I thought back, going back to how we were sick, when I wanted to have a child, I wanted to give it the best opportunity from the start. And the only way to do that is to understand your data and your metrics. And in the past, mine were terrible. My immune function was really bad. What I think saved me was I so ruthlessly disciplined with nutrition and exercise in certain areas, which kind of counterbalanced. Like my testosterone was always okay for somebody, like it was in the middle grade, even with the immune problems that I have. But that showed me like, hmm, if I fix these immune problems, I'm probably gonna be well off in a lot of different areas. So that's how I thought about it. And I wanted to break that down for other people out there, and especially for males. You need to realize that you impact, you impact your child by your habits right now. So one of them, I think, that is a little bit toxic in today's culture is like this grind mentality. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I, I work extremely hard, but I'm what's always in the back of my mind is, am I recovered enough to really push? And if I'm not, 
I focus on the recovery aspects. And I was going to say, like, to a lot of people that don't know every detail of what you do, it seems like you do push yourself really hard. And I think that it's important to to comment on how that creates stress, but that you've taken extra steps to make sure that you're recovered. And what does recovery look like for you to, to be able to push like that? And then how it's not even ideal for everyone to push as hard. Like you're just talking, be disciplined with some form of exercise. Yeah. Everything has, everything has a cost. Um, but I'm trying to reduce cortisol, the, the overall right. stress in my body, because that will then get put into you and then put into a child that we created. And I've, I've thought through this long before we got to this point. And what it looks like now is I'm even more motivated because I want to be as healthy as possible, to have as much energy as possible to give to him when it's needed. And the only way that I do that is I get really good. You mentioned self-awareness earlier is being self-aware with how much output I, I can put out without getting sick, without feeling sick, so without feeling run down, without being irritable how and do, taking note like, of that. On a week by week basis, like how do you assess that? I got to answer this in two ways. So I think for me, I'm really intuitive but I feel like because I've been sick my whole life, it comes naturally. I think the average person doesn't know how sick they really are, so it's not as intuitive. Most people don't understand that their digestion is, is probably really bad, and they're just living with it. Most people feel a little bit tired and a little bit moody, and they don't understand that that's not normal. Right. And I know what that's like, even way off. Like I, I, I thought that shitting blood every once in a while was okay. Like, eh, mm -hmm. it's all right. I drank a lot and just making excuses in my head rather than being like, that should like not happen ever. <laughs> that's like the number one sign that like something is really off in your body. And we've just, as a culture, allowed it. So if you're listening to this and you're looking to like kind of track what your levels are and like how you're feeling, I think the best way to do it, and this is what I did, is you literally just got to go back to the grassroots of pen and paper. When do you wake up? When do you go to sleep? How do you feel when you wake up? How do you feel when you go into sleep? How, what are you eating? How do you feel after you eat? What should digestion look like? And I mean to the point of like, what does your shit look like? If it's off, immediate sign that like something is wrong. And the issue we have in today's society is, okay, say that person who just listened to that does that. And then they find that they're off in a little, a couple of different areas. Well, the people that are off go to the doctor and the doctor's like, here's this pill. This is going to cure all of it. We then expect as a society that I'm going to be okay the week that I leave the doctor. I'm just going to miraculously be okay now. And Or you put faith that. like, Or yeah, I have faith in the system yeah. that I'm going to be okay. 
and then you're not. And that's painful for me because I know what that's like. But if you go back to, I just got my blood results back, right? It took me three years to raise my immune function just about 20 points. And to give context to this, my dad, who has had cancer, has a higher immune function than I do even after the three years that I've put in to getting better. He just got his results back as well. Oh, that's amazing. So, for him. one, it's amazing for him. It's also amazing for me because I'm from him. So if I can continue to work on myself, both him and my mom have certain results, then that shows that I have the potential to at least get to their point, mm-hmm. which gives me a lot of hope and belief. And that's half the battle as well, is believing that you can heal yourself. But three years, I mentioned three years to, that I sacrificed for the betterment of myself. And most people don't want to do that. Well, most people aren't even thinking, what's my immune function? Start step one. Like, that's the question. How is, my immune, how, is my, uh, how is my immune response when I do get sick? Are you asking me? No, no, you're you're one hundred percent right. Yeah. Like most, yeah. they're not thinking like that, because most people don't think they're sick until something bad happens. They don't think that being tired is a really big problem, or that getting a cold constantly and, is is a problem, or flipping this. And what they do, it, we have this toxic culture of, I'm going to be really hard, and I'm going to run every day, and I'm going to lift really hard, especially if you're a male. But some of the guys that are the most jacked have the lowest testosterone. And I know this because we do blood work studies. And I know if they have low testosterone, it's because their cortisol is high. And if their cortisol is high, so guess what, what you're you, at? What do they need to do? Guess take, what you're at take risk Take a break? Of. Yeah, well, I'll go into that. If your cortisol is high, you're at risk of cancer, heart yeah. attack, diabetes, lack of sleep, Any which other chronic disease. goes to every chronic disease that's out there, right? But what does somebody do if they have low testosterone and they don't believe that they should? No, like if they're that jacked person that's lifting all the time, would you say that they should reevaluate their approach to working out? Yeah, I would say you can work everything as a cost, just like we were talking about. If you want to work out really hard, you have to recover as hard as you work out. That's the solution. I'm, I mean, myself and a few of the other people in my close circle are the proof of that. So if you're working out, let's say three, four, five times a week hard, you need three, four sauna sessions, ice sessions, meditation sessions, sleep, sleep seven to eight hours a day. You need to do that as hard and focus on that just as much as the workouts. Food. And then we don't, we also don't like, again, we don't think about how much energy we're spending at work. How many conversations are you spending at work? So like when you go in the meetings, we, we learn this and your whoop tells you sometimes you have a long day of meetings and your strain is just as high as a workout. Yeah. A hard, a really hard workout, a half marathon. Now, old you... Not would, that high, but... <laughs> well, yeah, okay. 
maybe the uh not a half marathon maybe like maybe a three mile run yeah right but what would happen is you would go to these meetings and when we didn't see these metrics and you weren't tracking those metrics you would then go work out just as right, hard right. so now you're actually running a half marathon every day if you're combining the work and the three miles and imagine how much stress is building up inside and then you don't sleep as well mm-hmm. and then you wake up not really optimal the next day and then you have another day of meetings and then in your head you're just like oh i had a day of meetings i gotta work out hard again when the reality is like what's really going to help you is what taking a break taking a break playing the long game and to tie the knot on this on the question that you asked me that is the toughest thing to do i think mentally as a male that wants to achieve a lot is to say what will actually get me further up the mountain tomorrow is if I set up camp today. And I feel like that's a really good visualization for people because when you're climbing up a really big mountain, you realize, okay, this is going to take a five, this is five, seven, 10 day trip. You're not going to risk the whole trip just to be a hard ass for a couple hours. But in everyday life, it's hard for us to see it that way. Just set up camp, get recovered, get some food in you, and then go hard again the next day when you're recovered and do what you can. I like that question. Yeah, I think it's a good discussion. Anything else? We are at 52 minutes. Nice. Thank you for spending time with me. It's been a hell of a year and I'm very much looking forward to next year. What did you think about this now that we've did a full run through on the setup here? So you you said you can see where we're going. What about the mics and and how we're set up? It's you mentioned it was bright earlier, but that's because normally I'm never going to record this late with people and we're going to have actual day. It's going to mimic daylight during the daylight. Yeah. No, I, I like it. I think, like I said, I see the potential. I think the audio quality as we're recording sounds really clear. Um, I like that it feels like we can be very present. Sometimes when we record the podcast, we're like on the couch and I get like tired. <laughs> <laughs> but like being here and really puts you like in the zone. So I think that'll be good for your guests. Yeah, I like that. And we're, we're, when we jump off here, I'm going to ask you, that gives me a good question of like, how do you make it even more in the zone and more more like comfortable, more like a vibe? Because that's what we're really building towards. Anybody out there that's building their own studio, one of my goals has been to thread the needle on making it feel homey, but also making it feel like you want to bring your A game. Like it's just like I'm like we're in this little world right now and I'm fired up and I want to just let my passion come through my words and you feel that on the other end. And I feel like we're close to doing that here. Uh, just by speaking with you, I could, I could tell. So this has been fun. Everyone that's listening to this, the best thing that you can do for us is to share this episode. If there's something that you learned that you feel could have an impact on somebody else out there, please share it with them. You can also connect with us. We're happy to connect and answer any questions or ways that we can help you thrive on life and give it this, give us that five-star rating and review. That's the best way to get this show out to more people. I want to impact even more people in 2023. And I just want to say I'm extremely grateful for the time and energy that you've spent 
listening to this. It means the means the world to me. It means the world to Aaron. And we're just trying to help this world become a ha- healthier and happier place. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.